Welcome to Distill, the Bourbon Podcast. I'm Brent. I'm here with Brian and Chuck. Fellas, good to see you. Good to be seen. And uh, Brian, tell us, where are we? So we're at the Lumber Yard here in Henderson, Kentucky. It's in close proximity to one of my beverage barn locations. And we're here uh, as part of the Henderson Bourbon Society. Yep, the Men's Bourbon Club of Henderson, right? Or is it Correct. the Henderson Men's Bourbon? Men's Bourbon Society of Henderson. Judea's people front, people's front of Judea. I don't know, but uh, we're going to be here and we're going to be drinking bourbon tonight. You hear a lot of stuff going on. They're setting up. Uh, we're excited to interview some uh, representatives from three different distilleries, right? For sure. Correct. Green River Distilling. Casey Jones. And RD1. RD1 at Lexington. So uh, Chuck, our expert interviewer, is going to be doing most of those interviews, and you're about to see those here in just a few minutes. But we wanted to stop in and tell you hello, and thanks for being here. Uh, and if you haven't done it already, please hit that subscribe button, hit the like, share it with your friends on social media, and we appreciate you. So this is Chuck Stennett. I'm talking with Michael and Danielle Irvin. They are representatives of RD1 Distillery out of Lexington, Kentucky. Tell us what RD stands for. So RD stands for Registered Distillery number one. Back in 1865, we were the very first registered distillery in Lexington. That was before DSP numbers. Uh, you know, DSP number one, that's Heaven Hill. But we were the first registered distillery in that area back a long time ago. And you mentioned, uh, reminded me, that RD1 got that, uh, that, that uh, license in 1865, the same year as? The University of Kentucky. Which I think had a slightly different name in those days, but it's now the University of Kentucky. University of Kentucky, and which is a fun tie-in to Coach Mark Stoops, who is actually our majority owner. Well, Mark Stoops is the head football coach of the University of Kentucky top 20 ranked Kentucky Wildcat football team. They're doing very well this year. So that that's cool. So uh, you all, I believe, already won open for business in 2020. That's right. Some friends got together in 2020, uh, decided to resurrect this historic brand. They said, what would it look like for us to open a William Tarr distillery is what it was originally. The distillery was going to be called, but they didn't want to pigeonhole themselves to just be William Tarr. William Tarr was our first master distiller back in the 1800s. Uh, so in 2020, when they got together, they said, let's honor that and let's come out with a product called William Tarr. And some friends got together. They made a great bourbon. They introduced it to Coach Stoops. He said, I'm in, and he became the, the main investor. Now, am I correct that the, the original William Tarr releases were a blend of a Kentucky rye and a Kentucky bourbon? That is correct. Okay. Of eight-year and seven-year bourbon and rye, a lot of pepper. Uh, this is what one of the bottles looked like. This is our special citrus bowl bottle that we released. A very limited release. I think there were about two thousand bottles. We sold twelve hundred of them the first weekend cool. uh, at a gift shop in in Lexington. So, uh, RD, the, the original William Tarr Distillery. Am I saying that right, or was it the Clay Distillery? Uh, it was the Ashland Distillery. The Ashland it's, Distillery. It's been a lot of different names sure. over the years, sure. and uh, yeah. So Ashland was the home of Henry Clay, a statesman from uh, from Kentucky, from Lexington itself. And this is, uh, for you, you real insiders, uh, that distillery was located on Manchester Street. Uh, I grew up in Lexington. I did not know until I was about 55 years old. I knew there was a Manchester uh, Street. I had no idea that there were distilleries along that street. And uh, the the, uh, the old Ashland distillery and what it later became was in close proximity to the big James E. Pepper distillery. Yeah, that is correct. And our current 
gift shop is actually in one of Pepper's old Rick houses. So you can come to the Manchester area and spend the whole day. There are three distilleries there yeah. now. There's two breweries, a bunch of restaurants. There's a, a, a pizza ice, place. Pizza place. The ice cream shop is my favorite. Ice cream shop that has uh, <laughs> bourbon in the ice cream. So lots to do there. A uh, gift shop with a lot of bourbon themes Absolutely. and so forth like that. It, it's it, it's just exploded uh, in that area. So uh, you start off with, with William Tarr, some interesting stuff, a blend of a rye and a bourbon that might seem like blasphemy, but it's it's all the same kinds of grains, so uh, but but unique. I don't know of any other bourbon rye blend out there. Well, there's High West Borai, and there's a couple of other, but um, it, we're one of the only ones that have uh, come out with it recently, and I think it's a great blend. Sometimes when you get the blend of bourbon and rye, they fight a little bit. What I love about the William Tarr bottles that we released is it's the best of both worlds. It truly is. And uh, those were a limited release. We got some very special betters, uh, very special barrels from an undisclosed distillery. And we're never going to make those again. So if you see a William Tarr bottle anywhere, grab it. If they're on the shelf, uh, this is your last chance to get Absolutely. them. Absolutely. And I will say that my favorite thing about the WM Tarr bottles is um, they are the same exact blend of barrels for both of the um, the lower proof, the 96.4, and then the higher proof, the 140. 14 proof. The only difference is the water that they added to proof the 96.4 down. The 96.4 came out more of a rye, and the 114 proof came out as your more quintessential bourbon. Okay. So the 96.4 proof is going to have a little bit more pepper on the notes. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be a little bit spicier. And then you go up to the 114 proof, and it doesn't feel like you're going up in proof because it really tastes so smooth and tastes like a, a bourbon. So RD1 is transitioning has transitioned. Tell us what the, the product line now. What's the flagship? So the new product is uh, Danielle's holding one of our bottles. That's our new French oak bourbon, but it's our first Kentucky straight bourbon. It is sourced from Green River Distillery, and it's some of their older barrels blended together. It's at least four years old, but it's non-age statement. It tastes sophisticated. It tastes like there's some older barrels than that in there, than four years old. And uh, so uh, we have a blue label that looks just like this one, except it's blue. That's the Kentucky Straight Bourbon at 98 proof. What she's holding is the French Oak at 101 proof. From the, the blue Kentucky Straight Bourbon, you're going to get a lot of baking spices. You're going to get a little bit of citrus in there. You're going to get some, some nice sweetness. This French Oak finishing brought out some dessert characteristics. There's some cocoa. There's some raspberry. I like to tell people it's like a molten lava cake on the finish. Cool. Uh, what about on distribution? Where can you get RD1 these days? So RD1 right now is only found in Kentucky. We are hoping in a few weeks we will be in the Indiana market. Um, we are working towards that Indiana market, and then we will work towards some of those larger markets um, that distilleries like to start with when they distribute. Um, but Kentucky is the only state that you can find RD1 spirits in right now. So we're saying this in the fall of 2022, so uh, it, it, things could change? Absolutely. Uh, we're definitely working towards that. And if you're looking for our bottles, at one time you could get our bottles on Sealbach. I don't know if the new stuff is on there or not, but at least take a look and see if you can find them on there. And I think maybe the RD1 website does have an availability tab where you can find out up-to-date information as to where it's available. That is correct. Absolutely. Cool stuff. Michael, Danielle, you're going to have a busy night here hosting uh, or helping host uh, and serving to the uh, Henderson uh, Men's Bourbon Society. Thanks for making some time available for us. Thank, Thank you, you so for much. having us. Okay, we're here with Cody Turner, who's Chief Operations Officer at Casey Jones uh, Distillery in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. One of our favorites. We've been to Casey Jones before. We love their products. An, an incredibly diverse lineup. Bourbons, weeded bourbons, an interesting thing called 
called barrel cut. Um, flavored moonshines. Barrel cut is probably the thing people are the least familiar with. I know that the AJ, your master distiller, really likes the, the barrel cut. Tell us about barrel cut. Yeah, barrel cut's a really, uh, you know, unique product that kind of pays homage to what uh, Casey would have aged back in the day. Because you think back during Prohibition, uh, Kelvin Cooperage wasn't up the road pumping out thousands of barrels a month, right? So if you happen to come across a barrel and you were running one of these uh, square pot stills, you know, which are difficult to agitate, obviously, because of the shape, they would have aged moonshine. I mean, that's probably what they would have done. You know, that would have been the mash bill that you used to actually age. And so uh, AJ, some time ago, he decided to see what happens. I'm going to age this and see what happens. So, you know, he's putting these uh, this mash bill up into uh, barrels and waiting and seeing year in, two years in, three years in. We've got some now, five years old, just to see what flavor you get out of it. So that's, you know, the single barrel cut is uh, this mash bill. It's aged in Kelvin Cooper bar Cooperage barrels, uh, number four char, number two toast, up to about three years now. It's typically only harvest them, just like you would have heard. It's a really interesting product. But then, of course, we take that in the very best barrels and we'll dump those and we'll age them for an additional year in a used bourbon barrel uh, up to that, you know, fourth year to make this double barrel cut. And if you're tracking that, it's actually, I think, one of the only products in the world that's aged both like a bourbon and a scotch. So it, this, it's, it's an aged moonshine. I know that seemed like a contradiction in terms, but that's exactly what it is. And it is very bourbon-esque. Uh, there's a great price point on it. Yeah, yeah. So we uh, we like to just call it uh, barrel cut. Obviously, moonshine out in the market, it can have uh, kind of a negative connotation to it. Some people hear moonshine like, oh, God, I don't want to try that. But, you know, with the, the, the term barrel cut on it and paying homage to, uh, you know, that mash bill and aging it, I, I think it's a really unique uh, proposition. And like you're saying, it is bourbon-esque in a way. It, it does take some of those tannins from that barrel like you would uh, with a, a bourbon mash bill. For sure. But because the uh, corn and cane in it, it has a whole kind of life to it on its own. Uh, the single barrel is uh, very palatable, easy drinking. It's caramel and vanilla for days. It's not necessarily complex. It doesn't need to be, right? But then that second aging with the double barrel cut, as it interfaces with that used bourbon barrel, it's interacting with some of that rye that's in that barrel. And it, it's a whole different life to it. It's got a really complex flavors. Uh, it smells of dark uh, dark fruit, cherry, and actually chocolate. And it finishes in chocolate. It's crazy. So to be clear, you, you referenced that the, the, and moonshine is made from corn and cane, yeah. meaning corn and sugar. Yes. Uh, do, do, you, do you discuss your moonshine mash? Bill? Is it oh, half, yeah. half corn, yeah, half yeah. half sugar? What is it? 50% corn, 50% cane. That's, okay. all, that's what we'll say. We use uh, yellow dent corn from uh, WF Ware just down in Trenton. Okay. Have since day one. Um, as far as we understand, Casey himself actually used the same corn back during Prohibition. Um, that's it. Sure, cane, that's it. So, am I correct that your newest product is your weeded bourbon? Well, technically, the newest product would be the uh, Kentucky Straight Rye, which I have the press oh, release okay written on the website i haven't published it yet it's like i've got to finish it up it's this, this right is, there it's a scoop right here folks <laughs> yeah so we're doing this in the fall of 2022 so by the time you see this the the the, the, the rye might be released would this be your first rye it is our first rye uh it's actually one of the first products that we're uh releasing at, you know with a single barrel moniker on it okay uh so we're not batching this rye uh okay it's, it's coming out and we might proof it down or whatnot i can't wait 
Detroit. Yeah, it's uh, it's really unique. Um, 95.5 is the mash bill. Okay. 5% barley? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, you know, the, the flavor on it's really unique. It's um, it's like what I like to think of if, if, if you're doing rye in the south, it'd be a little bit sweeter, right? Well, that's our rye. It's a uh, sweet rye. That's, that's sweet. Yeah. Okay, that's that's going for it. It smells like, um, like a mold red apple cider on the nose. And then that translates a bit through the body. Uh, and you get this really interesting, like, sweet mint sort of eucalyptus uh, finish. It's pretty wild. It's not pepper, not coriander. It's really, really quite palatable. Tasty notes, courtesy of Cody. <laughs> but going back to the uh, to the, the, the weeded, uh, yeah. it's interesting to me in, in a couple of, uh, of respects. Number one, it's, it's a very high wheat, 35% wheat. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, and it's actually a four-grain mash bill, which I is love really this. unique. Talk it's about a it. a split of uh, yellow dent and bloody butcher corn, obviously malted barley and wheat. And um, it... Blood, bloody butcher corn is, is a red corn? Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. It's an heirloom red corn. Um, Google it. Look up pictures of it. It's pretty wild looking. Uh, it really is blood red. Uh, dark purple is the color on it as well. And uh, it's 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 really made a fantastic bourbon. You know, I mean, I think when you pop the cork on that and you let it breathe, it's uh, it, it smells of uh, honey and clove a bit on the nose. And then that does translate to the body, the honey mostly. It gets a nice sweet oat flavor. Uh, and it finishes so light. It doesn't have any of that rye in it. So there's no spice or heat to it at the end at all. Yeah. So uh, just about as little corn as you can put in, like about 52% corn, I think, about 35% wheat, and then some malted barley. So it's it is a it's a weeded, weeded, weeded bourbon. Yeah, and you know I'd encourage anybody to wants to look at the mash bills. I've been adding those to the website so that people can see it. I mean, I'm going to awesome. be full disclosure. And this is what we got. And this is what we're making. So. And and you have a Kentucky straight bourbon. Yeah, uh, Kentucky straight. We uh, most of those are right around two and a half, three right. years now. Yep. Yep. I think we'll probably have a four year next year. So I think uh, it might be Baldwin and Bond or what? <laughs> well, well, we'll have to because you know we're putting up that Rick House right now. So oh, uh, yeah. I, I saw the pictures. So you, yeah. you you all have some storage on on the, the premises right now. Yeah. You all are building a big old Rick House. Yeah, you know, three weeks ago we had a pile of dirt, and uh, as of today, we're literally putting the metal on the side of the building right now. So we're moving quick. Uh, we're going to have uh, storage for a little over three thousand barrels. Um, a little over 7,000 square feet. It's it's a jewel. I mean, you see it as soon as you drive up to the property. This is so awesome. Yeah. We, we, we bragged before on Casey Jones on Distillery just north of Hopkinsville, uh, Kentucky, out in the country, accessible to interstates, uh, an amazing array of products. If you're if you're a newcomer, uh, if, if, if you're willing to try something completely different, uh, uh, AJ, he's, he's just fearless. He'll try anything. Oh, absolutely. I can't absolutely. wait to try the rye. Our, uh, our, our saying is you uh, got to go or grow, you know, one of the two. That's awesome. Cody, thanks for your time, man. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Of course. All right. So there you go. That's our visit to the Henderson Men's Bourbon Society. I think I got it right finally that time. Is that correct? Yeah, sounds good. All right. So, Chuck, you did a great job with those interviews. Uh, Well done. Thank you. Uh, A lot of great information. Now, uh, Brian, we expected to have three guests we expected to have not only rd1 and casey jones we we thought green river was gonna gonna be there yeah, also unfortunately they couldn't make it the last moment they they had to cancel you know being a short a few employees but we're fortunate enough right now to be drinking some of their juice. yeah we are so i mean that's going around right uh employees uh oh it uh, is getting the blue sure. and that sort of, so Cheers to Green River, and thank you so much to Casey Jones and RD1. Uh, man, those products are just good. I really like that uh, French oak 
barrel uh, finish on the RD1. Mm-hmm. That was a surprise. I didn't see that one coming. And, of course, we all love Casey Jones. Yeah. Did you did and, you try the rye again? I only had the uh, the, the weeded from the Casey weeded. Jones. I thought it was exceptional. Yeah. And I was happy to see the other day their expansion process is really going well. Uh, the new rickhouse. Got a big rickhouse going up on the property. so It's going up fast, man. All right, so that's our interview with RD1 and Casey Jones. So I think really the only thing left to be said is please drink responsibly.